All right, welcome in to the Alana Inquirer podcast. I'm not sure what episode this one is. I think this is 17. 17, wow, yeah. off and rolling. We, we got week two of the football season, Illinois on the road at UConn. Our own Jeremy Warner will be on location for coverage. Illini 22-point favorites now after more big money placed on them this weekend. We'll get into that. Isaac Trotter alongside with me. But we really want to focus in on hoops recruiting. And as we talked about leading up to this one, there's just not a ton of buzz. It, it's it's pretty quiet. I understand that Coleman Hawkins, three-star stretch four, is going to come in for the first 2020 official visit for Brad Underwood in this cycle. But it just seems kind of odd and different versus years past where the buzz is just very subdued right now. I don't know what to blame, right? Because it feels like when something like this happens, you automatically want to jump to the blame game and this is what's going wrong and everything. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that Illinois football has taken up so much of my attention that it just kind of snuck up on me that it's, man, this is September 6th. We're, we're doing this on a Friday, September 6th. They got one official visit planned. I guess Adam Miller's supposed to have an official visit, but I mean, that's... September 13th through the 15th, right? That's next weekend. And there's just zero, like, fire about this. I mean, remember last year, it was EJ Liddell, Drew Timmy. Everything's crazy. Khalil Whitney, we, the pipe dream was still alive. Year before, you have a lot of guys coming in. Calc Brenner's coming in, all of these different things. So it, it's just it's just weird. It's just really weird. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the, the point where you're like, okay, I, I was going to bring up last year, it's EJ and Drew Timmy and Anthony Walker kicked it off with an, with an official... And then the year before that, what would that have been? Well, you're still talking I.O. Right, Taylor Horn Tucker. THT. And a lot of those guys outside of I.O. You, you didn't get. So I guess maybe in that sense, and being different isn't totally horrible. But yeah, Adam Miller originally reported to be the 13th or the 15th, the same weekend of Coleman Hawkins. I'm here now. I've been told that it will be the weekend after. So he'll be here for the Hall of Fame weekend uh, when Illinois is playing Nebraska, should be a great environment for him to come into, and that one is is just a lot more interesting and uncertain on the Illinois side than I expected to be at this point in the process. And uh, he's taken his two official visits to Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona State, in particular, has picked up quite a bit of buzz. Uh, Andrew Slater from the Athletic put in a crystal ball pick for him late last week to Arizona State. That's sh- you know, legit. <laughs> it's legit. It, it riled people up, and to be honest, it, it probably should. So yeah. it's something you got to pay attention to. I'm not saying it's over when you still have a visit. Uh, and I, my crystal ball is still Illinois as of today. But that one for knowing how important Adam Miller is, because you need someone to fill. And we talked about it, you know, a ton. Someone to come in and, and put the ball in their hands right away and be able to score in Io's shoes. And DJ with the offers that he has. Adam was always the more attainable one, and now that one seems a lot tougher than maybe you thought. So for you, why have you not changed your crystal ball? I mean, you see momentum there, but what have, what, what are you, what's keeping you from changing that crystal ball? That's a great question. Uh, I, I don't like to be the guy who I, I don't want to switch it and then have to switch it back. Right. Uh, I think that it would have to be pretty solid. Like I felt pretty dang confident that he was going to Arizona State, which would be the the move that I would make as well if I were to change it. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing a little bit. I, I think that, uh, to be completely honest with you, I, I think that, yeah, if I didn't have a pick-in right now and I had to make at this very moment, I, I might lean the other way, to, to be honest with you. I just think that that's 
where the buzz is at and Illinois might be playing catch-up. That does tend to happen sometimes where, and we've talked about it before throughout the recruiting process, is kids can be impressionable. I don't think that's necessarily the case here with Adam. I think the Arizona State is really, really strong. I think that they've put in a ton of work. They've got some connections in Chicago. There's, of course, some message board rumors and, and rumors floating out there about Nick Irvin possibly going with him. How much credence can I put into that or give to that? I, I don't know, but uh, it, it just seems like an option that he is really, really considering. And Illinois may have to, you know, if they have the last visit, he could still take one to Kansas. Uh, he could still take one to Louisville. Maybe Illinois has to. Uh, blow them out of the water. Is it weird that I, I compare this a little bit to Oscar Shibway, just a touch? Because remember when Oscar Shibway came on his visit here, it was all kind of assumed that West Virginia is still the choice. And that's kind of when Ben with Adam Miller, for for like a, the past year, it's been like Illinois got this one pretty much locked down. Like it, maybe not locked down, but it's pretty close. The nail's like three quarters of an inch off the ground and you're mm-hmm. just you need to tap it in, right? Yep. That's the same way that Shibay was with West Virginia. Then he comes to Illinois and has an awesome visit, really likes it here. Oven's packed for him. He has a great official visit. The guys think that, oh, man, we're getting Oscar Shibway after all of this thing happens. And then you leave without committing, and you go back and you go, oh, it's West Virginia all over again. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, West, it's been West Virginia the entire time. Like, that's kind of how it feels like for me. So I, I see the buzz that's coming in with Adam Miller, but you've invested so much time here. You're kind of in with Mac Irvin Fire here. This oh, you're is definitely what in. this is what you picked back in the day with <laughs> Iowa THT. So you better get one of these dudes, basically, right? right. Like that. That's kind of what you set yourself up here for. So it, that's kind of the vibe I've kind of gotten from it. I I, I think that um, obviously I don't like have an inside source telling me this, of course, but it just feels like Illinois still has as good of a chance as any, and. When that Arizona buzz, State buzz rubs off a little bit and Illinois gets him back on campus, that could be a situation where he goes, yeah, this is a place that I've been kind of leaning towards for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. This is a place I want to call home a little bit like Oscar Sheba. I, I like that you brought that one up, and there is similar dynamics to that where uh, people in the Illinois camp felt like or claimed that Oscar told them that, that was actually where he wanted to go, and maybe that was true at that time. Right. And, of course, he had ties to West Virginia with his host family and his high school and such like that. And in this in this case, I'm not saying that Adam would want to go to Arizona State and then get pushed to Illinois, mm-hmm. but he's at Morgan Park. He's in the Mac Urban Fire program. That's where your ties are really, really strong. The, the only maybe difference would be if there was some substance to this Nick Irvin and then Nick Irvin goes to Arizona State and all of a sudden that bucks your connection, that would just be, it would be crazy. But of course, there's different, there's been different buzz on this one for the last couple of months, to be honest with you. And the Atlanta camp has stayed really, really confident. Uh, I think that they now realize or have realized in the last couple of weeks about Arizona State, but uh, they would maybe bring up, well, there was buzz for Wake Forest with Io, and it might have just been uh, a misdirection, a smokescreen to kind of get people thinking yeah. that this one was still open. But uh, we're going to find out here in a couple of weeks. It'll be really interesting. Uh, DJ Stewart, too, as well. And Brian Snow had good stuff on 24-7, but which I bet you read uh, with Duke and and thinking that that was the, the thing. And But Louisville's great. Texas is obviously a good sell. Illinois already had him on campus for an official. Is it Illinois still in the mix there? Is this one pretty much sewn up where he's pro- Illinois is probably a, a th- 
you know, a clear second tier type of program right now with him. Yeah, I think they're certainly in the mix and who you talk to, it would probably, it would depend on that to whether they're, you know, in the top, in the thick of this thing. Right. Uh, the one good news for anyone not named Duke is that it seems like Duke hasn't put in the time or hasn't really uh, impressed him with the actual sell and credit to DJ who I think there have been a lot of recruits in the past who have just gone name brand. And, I mean, Charles Matthews comes to mind where he, Kentucky, all right, I'm going to Kentucky. Oh, wait, I don't really have Khalil a role. Whitney. Khalil Whitney, we'll see what happens. I, I love Khalil Whitney. If he if he balls out of Kentucky, I wouldn't be shocked. But then again, there are a lot of, a lot lot of, of guys there. Over yeah. There. So with DJ, Illinois was going to be in a dogfight with Texas and Louisville, even if Duke and North Carolina didn't come in with offers. Uh, it was reported by Corey Evans, we're, we're here on Friday, that DJ will go to Texas for an official visit this weekend. Louisville is later in the month. Illinois is trying to get one, I've heard, in, in October, kind of setting up to try to be the last one yet again. I, I don't know. I think that Louisville is probably the team to beat from everything I've heard right now, and, and Texas might even be ahead of Illinois as well, but we'll see. We'll see that. that I don't know. It tough. just feels like things just aren't quite clicking because they haven't played a basketball game in a while, right? And and uh, also, I think a part of it goes into the roster management, construction of this team. And I felt like Illinois was ahead of the game a little bit, but then they had the whole Bernard Kuma, Jermaine Hamlin thing. They've added Austin Hutcherson. They added Jacob Grandison. Like it feels like all of this roster construction has so focused us on this one season that we forget how important this class is. And to not have buzz here is really concerning for me really really concerning and the news that Ryan Kalkbrenner and Illinois are not you know really linked anymore that that's a problem and Andre Curbelo's you love him I think he's a really good fit he looks like the next Andres Feliz type of player but he has great offers Indiana just offered Zed Key's another target just um it was Andrew Slater again from the athletic just reported that he's headed to Ohio State as of right now for an official visit so all of these guys that you felt like you were in decent chances with they're slipping off a little bit now that could change and this is the season of change where you have all these official visits, but why do you think there's a lack of buzz? Like, I, I don't know. I don't feel like there's a good answer for this. There's not, because I feel like, I, I guess you could always go back to the wins and yeah, the wins like that, haven't been shown, but yeah, you, you still got to be able, I mean, Arizona State has not, you know, danced deep into the tournament. And all Great, yeah, like, James oh, Harden yeah. back in the day, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> right. You were in the play-in game, uh, you know, the first four games right. this past year. So, uh, and it seems like, even though they didn't put uh, a b- above 500 season together last year, they had a stretch where I think it's undeniable a lot of recruits who even have now cut Illinois off their list. Like I think that I legitimately think they're going in the right direction. I don't think that's lip service. And then all, as well, the guard play. I mean, Io and Andres and Trent Frazier. This is a guard oriented offense, uh, up tempo, and you can t- succeed in, in this offense. So uh, that would be really frustrating. And the thing that's scary is the lack of depth on your on your recruiting board right now. Where if you were to lose Adam and DJ and Curbelo and Zed Key. All of a sudden, there aren't a lot of known names and, and, and targets that you really feel good about beyond that. I mean, you've got cut off lists like Namari Burnett. I right. know that was going to be tough. Caleb Love. Caleb Love, uh, no doubt. So uh, that's where you'd be scrambling again in the spring. And maybe it'd be different because if Illinois has a really good season, all of a sudden you're more attractive to that 
you know, that Christian Brown type of recruit who emerges in the spring or uh, whoever it may be. And also the grad transfer market, we saw, well, Virginia and Texas Tech cleaned up. I don't know if Illinois is going to be in the in the final four to be able to sell that, but you can sell grad transfers in a better way when you win. So it's we'll see. Curbelo, you're you're in really deep with Orlando and you've recruited that one hard, but Oregon and Kansas offered last month. You mentioned Indiana this month. Oregon is always tough to beat, always. And I, I was talking to uh, Andre's coach the other day, and they feel like he's the best pure point guard in the country, and I wouldn't really argue with you. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think he's the, you know, the, the he's not the highest ranked point guard out there, but uh, when, as far as passing and all that, and we've talked a lot about him, but when you have that skill set, and obviously other big-time programs are noticing that, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to so, be tough. So should we do a levels of concern where we are with these guys? With DJ Stewart, levels of concern. One is not concerned at all. Ten's obviously very concerned. Where are you at? I'm at like an eight or nine. Yeah, probably probably seven or eight. Yeah. Eight, probably. Adam Miller, I'm not quite as concerned as others. I think that there's a lot of buzz there, but I still think you still have the OV scheduled. He's still probably going to be on All of Fame weekend, which is going to be a great weekend for you know Nebraska coming in town. Illinois football will likely be 3-0. and I, I still don't hate that. I still think Chin's a big-time d- difference maker there, Chin Coleman. Yeah. I'm probably like a six. That's probably fair. I was going to say I've teetered past the neutral to right, where right. I am concerned, and, and it would probably be six, maybe maybe six and a half. Andre Curbelo doesn't seem like a guy who goes over the top with this recruiting thing, isn't like super out there. I'd probably like three and a half, four. Yeah, there, there hasn't been a big reason to be concerned other than the offers that, mm-hmm. that came in. Uh, but he hasn't cut his list those, right? or yeah. he hasn't scheduled any officials. That's going to happen here in the next couple of weeks where the recruiting period off campus is going to open up. Brad Underwood and, and Coach Antigua are going to go see him out in New York and, and try to get a official locked in. So, yeah, I'd say four, three, four, just because I, I think the four would just be because that dude's going to be tough to get. Yeah. Coleman Hawkins is weird. I, I, I like him as a player, but I don't know if he if, if, if Coleman Hawkins is like the number one recruit in this class, that's not good If he's enough. all you get in the fall, you're going to be – there are going to be a lot of unhappy people out there. Right. And for, and for good reason, to be honest with you. And, and Coleman, I love the fact that he is very skilled on the perimeter. He, he brings a lot of length. He, he's a very good passer. He is capable three-point shooter. Uh, of the stretch fours that you have on your board with Keon Ambrose Hilton, Zed Key, Coleman Hawkins, I watched all three in July. I honestly would have ranked Coleman third uh, out of those. Uh, I like Keon's athleticism. That He's taking an official visit to Dayton this weekend, and that was a Jamal recruit. Right. All of a sudden, Jamal's the lead guy, and now Jamal can't even make a phone call to, to him or his mom. So that that seems hard for me to, to believe that Illinois is going to be able to land that one. Zed Key, I like him a lot because he's very physical. Uh, he he li- is like Georgie in a sense as far as right-hand, left-hand scoring uh, on the block. But as you mentioned, Ohio State OV. Those are the main guys, right? I mean, we touched on all the, the – it feels like those are the, the top-tier one targets. Yeah, K.K. Robinson yeah. Well, was a point guard. You made the top seven. Uh, that was a Jamal Walker recruit. Uh, we need to get Main. into that. We yeah, need to get we'll into that. To talk, we'll have to talk about that. Kareem Main, another one. Jalen Williams was another one. And he they just made his top seven, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. read honestly, I wouldn't read too much into that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, I know that Jamal Walker... I, we haven't had you on the podcast to talk about this yet. Correct. So you might have talked about it on your big show now that you got your own <laughs> show with your name on it. That's pretty cool. Congrats, man. Oh, thank you. Uh, but this is weird. Jamal Walker getting moved at this time. This timing is weird. I get that Stephen Gentry's a great coach. I think that he's awesome, X's and O's wise. But just the timing of this is really, really odd. And like you kind of were teasing there a little bit, there's a lot of tier one of these recruits that are Jamal's dudes that he can't talk to anymore. And that's that's really odd. It just doesn't make sense. It honestly doesn't make logical sense as far as a as Brad Underwood saying, okay, this is the right time to make this move. If he wanted Stephen Gentry on his staff as an assistant, and I think, number one, even if it happened in the spring, there would be concerns about his recruiting ties and his experience recruiting at the high major level. But to do it now just screams something is off. Something isn't right. I understand that when things go south with Ryan Kalkbrenner, and there are a lot of line of fans who have not seen the connections in St. Louis produce you know, results. Right. You you had, EJ. you know, it's been a long time since Jeremiah Tillman was committed and then he never played a game on your campus. EJ didn't, didn't work out. Mark Smith did, but then he's here for a year. Flames. So all of that, I mean, uh, why am I blanking on this kid? But fr- I went to Missouri firmly. Javon Pickett. Javon Pickett. That's another one that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. He looked better than Devontae Williams in their one-on-one matchup last year. He did. That was tough because Illinois didn't like the fact that when when Jeremiah said, all right, I'm out, I'm going to go look at my options, Javon was like, that's my boy, I'm going to do the same thing. And then from what I've heard is Illinois was like, all right, you can I get that. You can kick rocks. Yeah, I get that. Even if you don't have any options to come back, because he went prep school after that. Right. And and you're right. Javon was better than, than DeMonte. Javon looked like a piece last year that you would like to have on your roster. So uh, with Jamal, from what I've been able to gather, I don't honestly, being completely honest with you, I don't think – it was a move that, that Brad Underwood anticipated making uh, at, at that time. I think, at the and it's not one that Jamal particularly obviously wanted. He's taken off the road. Uh, they, it's been framed as, I don't know if a promotion, but a beneficial move for him to get ready for a head coaching job. But then again, I don't buy it just that. doesn't make sense. It, it yeah. doesn't make sense. Uh, as far as and then here's here's a factor you're only allowed and this rule gets break broken across the country and I'm not trying to say Illinois does it but you're allowed four coaches on the court at one time in practice so that is your head coach and your three main assistants so you're you're moving Jamal into a role where if there is no assistants out recruiting that day he's technically not allowed to be on on the court instructing and he's now the defensive coordinator so how much can he really impact your defense I mean, he can be Standing in the film up top room. On it, on of it. Yeah. yeah, and Brad used to tell stories of when he was at Kansas State before he got promoted to assistant. He was a, you know on the support staff, and he's sitting there riding a bike with the, the stationary bike just a couple inches off the floor. But how much impact can he have coaching-wise? No. Yeah. I mean, he's got a loud voice. He can yell. but Not anymore. But right. yeah, back then <laughs> right. he did. So yeah, I know what you're saying. Like it just This just doesn't make sense at all. Basically, what this told me is, Jamal Walker's not going to be at Illinois next year. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. 
There's no way. I think it's fair. I, I I would I would think the same. I will say early returns though. They really like Stephen Gentry. They think he's really good. They do. I mean, Brad loves him. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I get him. why they bring him in, but like this just this just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. And as far as short term, when you look at the recruits that Jamal was a lead on, I think Keon Keon Ambrose Hilton was someone that they could have legitimately landed. K.K. Robinson was going to be tough. Uh, I don't think Brad Underwood has been that involved. Or I know that he hasn't been that involved in that pursuit. Uh, I don't blame him too much if he's going after Adam and DJ. Of course, you want to have backups. Kareem Maine is a five-star, the top-rated recruit on your board. That one was going to be really hard to get anyway. But as you mentioned with Gentry, from a short-term perspective, this year, bringing in an, bringing in a, an X and an O's basketball mind like that into this team where you're not talking recruiting is not a factor you have enough talent on this roster to win games this year and you bring in somebody that can help you elevate that ceiling or reach that ceiling I think you should love that the long-term concerns are what is he going to provide for you on the recruiting front Mm -hmm. and how much more are you leaning on Chin and Orlando to go get guys when honestly you have a head coach that doesn't always he doesn't. He doesn't approach it like Shaka Smart. He doesn't approach it even like John Gross as or far Chris as Holtman. The, re, the relationship building with so many guys like that, and that's just a. It's an honest fact. It's a different style, but it, it's one that hasn't worked for some and 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 has for others. But I think this raises an interesting discussion on like what does the value of a lead recruiter, right? So. You can have a lead recruiter in football, but you have all of these relationships, right? I think of Corey Patterson. He was the lead recruiter with Shimon Cooper, but Shimon Cooper had connections with the rest of the staff. So when you say Ken Ambrose Hilton's a guy that Illinois could have landed, now that Jamal's gone, does that mean that that is completely gone because Jamal was that only contact and now Chin's, you know what I mean? Oh, what's up, Keon? And Keon's like, I have no idea who you are. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that people don't maybe understand that there are. There is other involvement in recruiting than just the lead the lead guy. I, I, they want to make sure that, you know, Chin's not the only guy that's been talking to DJ Stewart. Right. He's been talking to Jamal, uh, you know, well, not, not now anymore, but Jamal, Orlando, uh, especially priority targets. They make sure to have involvement from pretty much the, the full staff. That happened with Kofi. Uh, they did that some of that with Io as well. So, but at the same time, Jamal was his guy. Jamal was tight with his mom, and and all of a sudden he's not the one on the phone and calling and and the one that he's really familiar with. Jamal was the guy that was at most of his games. I know that they could still maybe get a visit, and then Jamal's on that campus when when he can be involved in an official visit and hosting that. But it, it just seems like a like a hard deal. Where and that I mean, recruits are going to see that, and recruits are going to maybe read. Some will read through the lines and be like, you know, Jamal, you're my guy. I don't know if you're going to be there when I right. when I come to play. Should we feel bad for Jamal Walker? Or is it a situation where you're like, because I like Jamal as a guy. I think he's a great guy. Yeah. I understood why they kept him on on that staff before. But he didn't get you, EJ. And he was here to get keep you Tillman, and he didn't get you to keep you Tillman, right? And he was here for all of these different things. And a large majority of people could be like, well, he didn't work out, so it's time for Brad to look in another direction. But should we feel bad for him? Because he has put in a lot of work here to create a lot of connections. That's a great question. It really, because there's different angles there. Because I'm torn on it too. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about yeah. it, right? The great guy angle. I mean, there are a lot of great guys in this industry. John right. Gross was a great guy. Yeah. Do I, do I feel bad for John? I mean, at the time, yeah, you feel bad whenever someone in this industry has to move their family and, and you know the work that they put in, but that's just the nature of the business. Uh, on the other side, 
I don't like the re- the reasonings that I've heard, and I don't. I to be on- completely honest with you, I can't dive into all of this, uh, and, and it would be unfair to speculate or or, or to go on right. certain things that I can't confirm. Uh, but from what I've heard, the reasoning behind why this move was made, I don't like it. I'll be honest with you, I don't. I don't like why this move. The, the reasoning behind it, I understand in general that Jamal is to take criticism when he misses on targets in his, you know, in his where his recruiting ground is. So he he is not without blame there. And if Brad wanted to make a move and, and Gentry was his guy, that's just the tough part of it. And you wouldn't, I don't know, that's just, that's just part of the business. At, at the same time, I just think that the way it happened and the timing that it happened, there's more to it. Mm-hmm. And, and behind, behind the scenes stuff, I, I just, I don't like it. It feels like this comes from up top and it feels like we're never going to get the full story. And Correct. that's really annoying yeah <laughs> it's really annoying that this is happening at this time because i mean whether you like it or not jamal's had those connections and was one of your top recruiters and this is a huge time in illinois basketball recruiting and i'm not saying that the reason illinois basketball recruiting's kind of slowed down or maybe there's no spark right now is because of jamal walker not being on the trail but i i think maybe this was a move you could have made right after the off season and been just as fine right absolutely and it's going to be fascinating to see how much of an impact Stephen Gentry can make because, of course, if he all of a sudden something clicks within the system or right. on the defense, maybe it's worth it in the end. And again, you're not getting one point to make is you're not getting Stephen Gentry to come back as your Dobo, as your director of basketball ops. He's not coming, leaving Gonzaga unless he's getting a promotion. Right. So for him to come here, it's to be an assistant coach. And he's a really good coach. And early returns on that are, you know, guys on the team are like, this is the best X's and O's coach I've ever played with or under. Yeah. That's a good thing to hear. Mm -hmm. That's a really good thing to hear. Now, does it translate to wins? That's a whole different conversation. Exactly. It's a different thing. But that's when that's your first impression, you hear that, that doesn't stink. It doesn't stink at all. It's going to be fascinating. It's it's, it's only basketball recruiting. It's ever-changing. It's going to be a really interesting fall. But speaking of interesting falls, I got to transition. Yeah. We're going to talk football. We got to get on this after real this quick. this break okay. that we take. This is the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back. It's game two coming up. Illinois absolutely thrashed Akron. And, Isaac, that was nice to – I sat in the stands. You were up in the press box. It was nice to have a a game that – where Illinois just takes care of business and, and does what they're supposed to do. That was fun, right? That, yeah. Wasn't that what you're supposed to do? Just kind of, they looked like a Big Ten team against a MAC team. Just come out, cruise, 42 3. Yeah. The thing is, they need to do that again. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, what the heck's going on at Vegas, man? $55,000 on Illinois in back to back weeks? I have no idea. 
I, I I would feel better about this week two, I guess. Yeah. Than I would have week one, just because of you beat Kent State by seven. The year before that, you beat Ball State by three. And I get it. A lot of these people that are able to drop the the duffel bag of fifty five k can afford to lose it. You would hope, because otherwise, how are you feeling super safe about Illinois, unless they spend a lot of time at Akron uh, training camp and like this team's horrible because right. they, they were horrible. Right. Right. I, I love our boy uh, Ryan Easterling tweeting about how this is James Holzauer trying to, <laughs> you know, uh, compound the bankroll that he've got after Jeopardy. This is what he's doing. Nice. My other like deep, deep like this is probably not true, but it's like somebody for Illinois basketball that's just trying to accumulate extra money to throw at a recruit. I don't uh. know who. I'm just not saying. Bad, I'm just saying as a, as a very sneaky, cold, thought. degenerate take of there. That that's my that's my hot. Some take. big booster out there. Yeah, trying to rake it in. Yeah, but yeah, Illinois football this weekend. Two thirty start tomorrow against UConn. I think Illinois should roll in this one too. I mean, UConn stinks. They played Wagner last week, and it was twenty four twenty one, and it was ugly. So I think Illinois should be able to run the football really well. Obviously, the injury to Mike Epstein is devastating um, and I hate to sound like this and, and Rod Smith even said it he's like I hate to be callous or I don't want this to sound cold or anything but we got guys there that can step up and I, so I think Dre Brown can have a lot of carries I think Reggie Corbin will have a big day uh, Rayvon Bonner is gonna be fine Jakari Norwood every single day in training camp in Illini Inquirer we were there every day he broke off like a big run like a 50 plus yard run every single day and that's your fifth running back well now he's up to fourth can he play? I think he will. I think he'll get a chance. Florida boy, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets some run in that middle of the third quarter or fourth quarter on Saturday against UConn. And if he breaks off another big one, he he's going to earn more carries. How important was it to see how how good the Dre Brown looked? And, and the, the good thing for you and for Jeremy, who obviously grinded out in training camp, you guys do a fantastic job. Do you guys smile or smirk at all like, you know what, this is what we've been talking about all, all training camp. Like, we saw this coming. Right. Of course, you got to do it in a game. And, and happy for Dre in his, his sixth year. Is that what it is? Yeah, six years. He's 22 now. Wow. Old man. And married. Yeah. That's pretty good for him. That's pretty good. He he looked good. Yeah, he did. Uh, five carries for twenty seven yards. Averaged over five yards a carry. Had a couple nice catches too uh, in the past game against Akron. So I expect him to continue to be that number two tailback now. And you're right. Like it, it's nice to to see things in training camp and write about them and then watch them come true. Like we were all over Isaiah Gay. No and Carney were not very good, and they weren't very good in week one. And on the opposite spectrum of that, we were like, I think Dre Brown's pretty good. Like he might be their best all around running back behind. Mike Epstein and so I think you will see Dre continue to step up it's all about health for him and how his knees can continue to to take this beating a little bit of what it is what life is like as a running back at in college football but you just see him and you see his body and you see he's getting farther and farther removed from those injuries he hasn't missed a game in a while that's a good sign and listen, he doesn't have a big workload right he only needs eight to ten carries on Saturday so I think if Illinois runs a football with Dre Brown Reggie Corvin Brandon Peters we know he's not going to throw the a lot of turnovers and it feels like UConn needs a lot of turnovers to win this game so I don't know I feel more confident about this one than I do next week against Eastern Michigan right I'm I feel more confident about this one than I almost did against Akron, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just like that week one game, and now after seeing week one, you're like, okay, this team is much better. The transfers will actually help. I'm not super concerned about this one, but again, it's Connecticut. There's going to be, what, 4,800 people there? <laughs> it's it's like the definition of like a sleepy, like it, a meh game on yeah, the road. Yeah, at least it's a 2.30 start. Right, that's that right. That helps, but... 
other than the road factor, there's just no reasons to think that that UConn stays in this game. No, I you know they didn't even average three yards a carry against Wagner. Their offense is terrible. Their defense, Illinois should be able to name worst the score. in the country last year. Yeah, they they should be able to name the score on offense. Defensively, what what did you take away? I know you and Jeremy did the instant reaction podcast, right. but what did you take away from Akron, and, and what do you need to see in week two? Yeah, I think defensively I wasn't pleased with the first drive especially, where they were able to just march right down the field. But then you had three straight tackles for a loss as Wally Batico had a good play, Ayo Shagbanyo had a good play, and I think Daley Harding had a good play too. We were able to stump that rally and, and force them to kick a field goal, and ever since then they were, they were really good. So I think what I saw in the field is a – a Big Ten team, right? And that's a Big Ten defense. Maybe they're not the best defense in the Big Ten. Maybe they're not top half of the good in the Big Ten, but I think they're much improved from last year. I think Milo Eifler's impact is huge. And he only had two catch or two tackles, but both of those were huge hits. Both of them set Home the tone. Breakers. What were you? Hopefully what, not. What, what was the stands like when that second hit that he had that oh, just destroyed somebody? It's like, whoa, man. I don't remember a hit like that for no. football in a long time. I feel I felt bad right. for, for the was it the running back that kind of just little, yeah, out of the backfield yeah. sweep. Jets, it's not a jet sweep, but uh just a little dump off out in the yeah. open field. The running back's just looking at the football and just gets clobbered. I'm not running that route the rest of the season no. if I'm that guy. Six foot two, two thirty Milo Eifler, two <laughs> percent body just sitting fat. on it. Right. Oh, he was all but the thing is is that you watch that play and he went nine yards in like two seconds. Like and he was going one way. That's stopping, pivoting, and exploding nine yards. That's something that this Illinois defense absolutely oh. needed. And you add that to you know a defensive line that played pretty well. So I mean, when you when I look at UConn, the the defensive line performance against Akron is exactly what I want to see tomorrow. You got to dominate that again. And, and again, they can go out and win fifty-two to nothing, and I still won't know for sure if this defense is good. It's a great point, right? I, I'm right there with you. They could do it against Eastern Michigan, and Eastern Michigan's better than both Akron and, and UConn, and I still wouldn't know this defense is good. Yep. It needs to be Nebraska. It needs to be Minnesota. You, it, it has, That's when you find out. But you can find out if they stink. You can oh, definitely right. find out if they stink. <laughs> In a so, hurry. So it feels like it's a lose-lose situation a little bit for yeah. Illinois football's defense just because they can't ever prove themselves right. But they do need to go out tomorrow and flex their muscles, dominate the line of scrimmage, uh, don't give up big chunk plays. And if they do that, I, th- I think they'll be just fine because, like you said, I mean, this UConn team is very limited passing the football. I Their running game is is not great. They have a couple dudes that are decent, but Illinois should – you should mop up teams like this. They shouldn't – this shouldn't be a game in the fourth quarter. This shouldn't really be a game late in the third quarter. So if it's a situation like what we've seen before with, you know, w- w- like the Ball State game where you need to block a field goal right at the end, I'd be very concerned. But I don't know. This team just looks better. I don't. I don't foresee that being the case tomorrow. I completely agree. Uh, I'd like to see Jamal Milan once again in yeah. the backfield. That that was impressive. Uh, Wale Batiku. Wale Batiku. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the enforcer at linebacker and Milo Eifler. That was, that was fun to see. I don't think you've had a hard hitter like that. Just a physically impressive linebacker. You know, you think about Martez Wilson. Nate Bussey was a hard hitter back yeah. in the day. It's just been it's been a little while. Jonathan Brown. He was a he was a decently hard hitter, but it felt like he was more just like a, I'm gonna wrap you up, put you down, That's true. like Mason Monheim a little bit, right? Yeah. Like I'm just gonna tackle you. Delshawn Phillips is a good linebacker. There's That's, a reason why he's in the the thing, but he never had a hit like that. No. Like that's explosive. That's an athlete that you. That's just speed that you didn't have. This was a guy that wasn't on the first team though, right? Throughout training camp, is that yeah? Is that till, correct? So what till the end of training camp? What did do you he, think was that kind of pre-planned, or did he emerge late? Like. 
I don't know. I, I In spring, he wasn't even a starter. He was a second string. In the beginning of fall, Delano Ware was a starting strong side linebacker. But you watch all of camp, and it was clear that Milo was the best guy. I mean, he was clearly more explosive. Like, those plays that we saw, obviously you can't hit. But he was right there involved in all of them. You're like, man, you hear him afterwards tell Reggie Corbin, I ought to lit you up or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he would have. He showcased that he would have. So I, I think that I think that Milo kind of flexed his muscles a little bit on Delano. And remember, Delano's learning a new position. So, you know, that, that switch there, just the fact that he's not a top starting linebacker at Illinois as a sophomore, it's not a problem. It's okay. He can continue to learn and get better. And, and and Milo's more a little bit more comfortable with linebacker than Delano was, and he made less mistakes, and he was better in pass coverage, and he was a much better blitzer. So, kudos to Lovey Smith for maybe not like for, for understanding who the better player was and and putting him out on the field. And the thing is, is that we all need that we all sometimes forget is that like you sold these transfers on playing time. There's no way that these six transfers are going to come in and not play. In my right. opinion, there's just no way. Like after after that sell, I'd feel like you kind of cheated him a little bit if you told Trayvon Sydney, "Oh yeah, you're going to be the guy," but oh, Dominic Sample is going to get all the starts and play ninety percent <laughs> of the snaps. You know what I mean? That just doesn't yeah. feel quite right. No doubt, a lot of those transfer impact players on offense. Is there anything in particular you want to see this week? I know that they were played a pretty a very clean game mm-hmm. in week one. Uh, there were some overthrows by Brandon Peters, but for the most part, uh, it you know his chemistry with Ricky Smalling really stood out to me. That that looked. Uh, very encouraging. Is there anything in week two that you really want to pinpoint? Be like, I need to see this for the offense. I'd like him to to um, maybe execute a little bit better in the red zone. But other than that, I think if what they did last week and it happens again, I'm I'm fine. I think running the football shouldn't be a problem. I think Peters will be able to pick apart the defense and you know look different ways and be just fine. Uh, it really just comes down to can you execute in the red zone? They did a good job of that early. There was a couple throws later in the first half that got away from Brandon. Uh, uh, there's one to uh, Daniel Parker was open, a back corner throw to Dom Stampley that was open that he just missed those. And those aren't really big deals when you're up 28 to three, but I'd like to see him just be a little bit more efficient down there. Rod Smith said the same thing at the press conference on Monday, but again, like you just want this offense to go out and flex their muscles. And I, I look at this defensive line for UConn and it's not very good they're not very you know veterans there they have a couple dudes that are decent but we had Jay Lehman on the Jeremy Warner show earlier and he thinks that Illinois offensive lines like top three in the Big Ten they showcased that last week yep so you shouldn't have no problem I think Kendrick Green Alex Balcheski Vidarian Lowe that whole group should pave some big holes tomorrow is there from what you know about UConn is there one position group where maybe they're they're their best and where they should challenge I'm putting you on the spot Yikes. here. Got the Phil Steel right in front of me. All uh, I can see is one and eleven. Yeah, no, a, run, a running Last back. Year. Running back is yeah. is the spot that they have a couple dudes. Art Tompkins is pretty decent. I think he had 19 carries for 70 yards last week. They also have another running back. Mensa is his last name. He's, I'm blanking on his first name, but he had 36 carries for like 120 yards last week. So mm-hmm. he was averaging like four yards a carry as well too. <laughs> so I, I think those are the two guys that you look back and you go, okay, if they run the football. Well, their offensive line is decent too. They have 98 career starts from those starters. Um, I don't know how I pulled that one out of my <laughs> out of my hat for that one, but I just did. And so they're decent there too. So I think their running game can be serviceable at times. But again, Wagner, they couldn't even really get it going, and they had to rush the ball so many times because their quarterback stunk, mm-hmm. and they didn't have their top wide receiver. Now their top wide receiver's back. How much does that change? I don't know. He's a Division two transfer. Um, so he could be in the mix and could change things up a little bit. But I'd look at running back and offensive line as the two positions that they are okay at. Okay. They're okay. 
one position group and last question for you before we get to our predictions. Oh boy. Will we feel better, worse, or indifferent about the kicking situation, field goal kicking situation in Illinois after this week? I think we're going to be more conflicted. Because I have a feeling that McCourt's going to get the first chance and he's going to miss it. Mm-hmm. Then Caleb Griffin's going to come in and make a couple. And we're going to be like, hmm, now it what? It should be easy, right? Well, I, that's that's fair. That's fair. But I could I could see it also to the situation where McCourt like, does the same thing as last week. Makes all his extra points, kicks it out of the back of the end zone, but misses another field goal. And we're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I said it in training camp. I'll say it now. I think Caleb Griffin's the best kicker on the roster. Yeah. I didn't understand why McCourt won the job, but I wasn't there for the final two weeks of camp because they were closed. And so McCourt obviously was better. Uh, that's why he got the job. I mean, they're going to give the guy the the guy uh, they're going to give the job to the guy that was more consistent. McCourt clearly was that um, based off their numbers. That's what Lovey Smith said. Um, but if he misses another one, I don't think this leash is very long. And if he misses another one, I'd expect Caleb Griffin to take the job. And if he gets it. I don't expect him to give it up. Yeah. That's just the type of competitor he is. Just like to see this get sorted out before Nebraska. Please. Please. But let's get our picks sorted out before we finish up this podcast. So, Illinois, UConn, what is your score prediction? Do they cover the 22-point spread? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, so I'm I'm really clicking on our preview so I can get this exactly right oh. uh, with the number because I don't want to mess this up. Yep. So my number I had it Illinois 34, UConn 10. Okay. So yes, I think they do cover the spread. What did Barely. Jeremy have? Jeremy had UConn or Illinois 38, UConn 13. So they do. We're two for two on covering the spread. Easterling has Illinois. Winning 45-24, that's a 21-point spread, so no, it wouldn't because it's out to 21 and a half. That is a lot of points. I will go with... We're degenerates now, I guess, so we <laughs> should have an opinion on this spread. <laughs> I'll go 41-14. Yeah, Illinois, Illinois rolls. They should. They have to. This is such a bad team. Yeah. And this this Illinois team is better. I, I, I get that it was Akron, but you just look at the eye test, you look at the age, they're better. Oh, they better. passed it. There's no doubt about it. It's yeah. just, I agree with you. I'm in the same boat. Defensively, I'm going to hold out judgment just on the defensive unit as a whole. But I like some of the pieces, and I'm not going to just completely discount what I saw this past Saturday and say I'm not going to take anything from it. One quick thing here, too. The scary thing is that Nebraska goes on the road to play Colorado, and they didn't look great last week, so yep. they could very much lose that game. Minnesota goes on the road at Fresno State. Why do I bring those to those games up? Because there's a chance that both of those teams could look bad after two weeks, and you play them in week four and week five after a 3-0 most likely starting non-conference play. Then things could get really interesting. That's almost going to be the most, one yeah. of the most intriguing parts of this weekend is yeah. get past UConn and then right. see what else the, the West looks like again. Yeah, because if those both don't look good again, you could talk yourself into a four and one Michigan coming to town right. type of scenario. Because, I mean, again, if you win one of those Nebraska or Minnesota games, you still have Rutgers on the schedule. That's five. And then you need one more. You need a Purdue, 
Northwestern wasn't great last week. They just lost one of their quarterbacks. Hunter Johnson's now has to be the guy. He was horrible. And he, yeah, against Stanford. And he they was couldn't horrible. run the they couldn't run the football. Now a lot of teams can't run the football against Stanford. I sure. get that. But Michigan State's offensive line is in shambles and they can't do anything offensively. I get their defense is great, but there's opportunities here and it, Illinois it's fun needs to, to do this exercise. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. And maybe we'll talk ourselves into what would a upset against Nebraska with Adam Miller in town mean? Oh boy. We'll do that here in a couple of weeks. But this has been the Illini Inquirer podcast for Derek Piper, Isaac Trotter. We will see you next week.